0: Today on the ZabeCast, instant replay has come to the World Cup, and if I were a betting man, I'd predict it'll start a full-blown riot someday. The big ginger Tim Murray joins me. We'll sort out who is going where in the NBA's summer of LeBron, and would you really want to know when you're going to die? Well, thanks to Google, it might soon be unavoidable. If you got 45 minutes to kill, then buckle up. And let's go. <laughs> Here we go. Tuesday, June 19th, 2018. Thank you for downloading. Let's get right to it today. I forgot this bit of audio from yesterday that I was going to play. This is This was just something on Instagram. Apparently, there's a guy named Bob Mennery who does these sort of spoof voiceovers. But this was the play-by-play of Phil Mickelson's slap putt, Mickelson's meltdown, whatever you want to call it, uh, with an announcer that you'd love. This was what we would all love to have heard from the announcers on the actual call but, of course, we didn't. All and right. we cut over to 13. Peter, Phil's got to be real careful with this one. This is a quick pot. It's going to move about a foot left to right. And, again, this is for Bogey.
1: Not the best day for Phil as he hammers that one. And that is going to – look at this. It's going to go all the way down to false front as Phil kind of playfully chases it. But he says, fuck it. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> he said, it's my birthday, USGA. Fuck off. I don't give a shit about anybody. He said, I want to just go home and rip bangers and bet on blackjack all day. Guy loves to fucking gamble. Here's a little six-footer for Phil, and they're going to have to
0: tack on a two-stroke penalty. Oh, boy, it's been a fucking train wreck of a hole. That's a 10 for Migelson Well, I don't blame him, Peter. There's some days you just want to say, fuck it. This was
1: one of them as he laughs it off with the grizzly bear he's paired up with.
0: <laughs> That's class. <laughs> That's very funny. Very well done because he's got the announcer voice. He Clearly this guy, Bob Mentory, um, I think has done some sports announcing at some point, and he he has a whole Instagram feed. If you go Bob Menery, uh, Bob M E N E R Y, uh, at Bob Menery on Instagram, and he's got a bunch of other videos as well. Very funny narration, but yeah, that 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 cracks me up because he just has the all those little announcements. things. Uh, this one's for bogey, and oh boy, what what a day it is for Phil! And he says, "Fuck," <laughs> very funny. Very, very funny. Okay, Uh, done with that. Uh, Here's another story from the U.S. Open that shook out after the fact. And this can be found, by the way, at uh, Zabe.com. I include a smattering of links every day on the Daily Zabe. So go ahead and uh, check that out. Uh, This story is, ah, okay, it's hearsay, but I will allow it. As the judge, I will allow this hearsay. I know that some would object. Objection, Your Honor, hearsay. I would say overruled. Uh, Or would that be sustained? Whatever the case is, I'm going to allow it. This is from from NewJersey.com, and I think a number of other outlets had it. Did Dustin just win? Paulina Gretzky and friends awkwardly celebrate U.S. Open finish. They were just feet apart, Paulina Gretzky, fiancé of Dustin Johnson, Bob Kepka, father of Brooks Kepka on the right, and one was cheering the soon-to-be U.S. Open champion, the other was there to console a disappointed competitor. By their body language, you wouldn't know who was who. Turned out, neither did they. As Dustin Johnson approached his birdie putt on the 72nd hole, Gretzky and two other women ducked under the ropes for a close-up view. They stood while Bob Kepka sat, anxiously swallowing his nerves in the knee-high fescue. The three women were less careful with their excitement. When Johnson's putt toppled into the hole, the trio erupted in euphorics, hugging, screaming, arms flailing. After all, Dustin Johnson had just taken solo third. Wait, what? Then as Brooks Kepka prepared to tap in for bogey and secure his second straight U.S. Open title, came the words... Did Dustin just win? Oh, no. Which of the three women said those words was not quite clear, but one thing was clear. The supermodel celebutante and her friends had no clue that Johnson, the tournament's 36-hole leader, had actually just lost by two. A few seconds later, though, the realization sunk in as the final putt dropped and Bob Kepka stood there triumphantly, arms overhead like Muhammad Ali, came the disappointed follow-up. Brooks just won. Indeed, Kepka had just won out-dueling Johnson throughout Sunday's final round. Oh, and for those who are curious, Wayne Gretzky himself was nowhere to be seen, but according to the story here by Matt Stipulkowski in NewJersey.com, for those who are curious, Wayne Gretzky was nowhere to be seen, but we're guessing he knew the score. Well, J.R. Smith didn't know the score, and so one of Paulina Gretzky's, you know, rice cake eating Instagram bimbo buddy friends also did not know the score. Eh, you know what, you can't can't get on him too much because it's hot, it's a long day, he's playing golf all the time, they don't know if he's going to win or not, it looked like he won, right, he made a putt, made a putt and everyone cheered. And then there was a little tap-in by Kepka. It's like, well, wait a minute, that looks bad. (laughs) I don't know. We all want to believe that every wife, girlfriend, fiancé of a golfer is there locked in on every shot. Everyone wants to think that they're like Justin Reed. Is it Justin? Justine. Justine Reed. The the wife of uh, Patrick Reed, who, by the way, made a hell of a run at keeping the Grand Slam alive. Was super under the radar last week and really was right there at the end. But Justine Reed, his wife slash caddy, you know, she would never not know the situation. In fact, she would want to be out there on the bag, no doubt. Even after, you know, Patrick Reed has gone on to hire a professional caddy and she's tending to their family. I think the competitor in her, the former soccer player, uh, the, the former caddy, tour caddy that she was, would want to be out there. She would she would know everything. She'd know which way the putt breaks. She would know what needs to happen. She would have second thoughts about should Dustin have hit a driver on that hole or a three-wood. <sighs> but not Paulina and her friends. Hearsay, I know. Hearsay, but I will admit it in this case. The Cowboys cheerleaders are now joining the resistance movement, or if not the resistance, they are joining the Hey, why don't we law? Why don't we file a lawsuit against the team? Normally, my feeling on this is to roll my eyes and say, "Look, an, uh, you know, you're a cheerleader. There are certain benefits to the job. There are certain things that suck about the job. It is what it is. Let's not get crazy." That's my been my general stance on these cheerleader lawsuits. But this lawsuit filed by one of the iconic Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders, one Erica Wilkins who was a cheerleader during the 2014-2015 season, I think makes me now finally see this issue in a different light, which is, for years the NFL and and teams have skated on paying these gals a decent, fair salary. They do it because they can, because of the sheer numbers. For example, this uh, Ms. Wilkins was one of 500 women who auditioned to make the Dallas Cowboy Cheerleaders. In fact, the CMT show, Dallas Cowboy Children is Making the Team, was very, very popular. A lot of thirsty girls out there, as the kids say. Wilkins was an outstanding dancer. In fact, a wow solo dancer. Quote-unquote, a wow, said one of the judges. Outstanding dancer who was just one of 43 chosen for the two-month training camp to make the final roster of 36 ladies who would comprise that season's Dallas Cowboy cheerleader squad. Being on the squad, she says, it's expected to take priority over your real job and your personal life, Uh, says Wilkins, who is currently single. Hey, babe, call me. Practice will officially start at 7 p.m. Monday through Friday, but you better be there by 6 or 6.30 at the latest in the locker room practicing before practice. Sometimes we might have a Monday off if the game fell on a Sunday. Um, Most of them fall on Sundays. Rehearsals will last between three and six hours. What? Six hours of dance practice, five days a week. From 7 p.m. until 1 a.m.? Okay, I'll take your word for it. And there's no showing up in a ponytail and sweatpants. Cheerleaders are required to come camera ready, even for practice, with styled hair and full makeup. This is according to her suit. Cheerleaders also who appeared on the squad swimsuit and sideline calendars weren't even given a free copy, she said. We had to buy them for ourselves and our friends and family. Here they are, the Cowboys, selling our image, our likeness, our image of our bodies that we work hard to keep in shape, and they're, and they're the only ones making the profit. What put her over the edge and made her decide to go ahead and sue the Cowboys was that Rowdy, the Cowboys' mascot, makes thousands more than the cheerleaders... Apparently do, and it added fuel to the fire. I was on an appearance one time, she said. I was talking to Rowdy. That'd be the cowboy mascot. Rowdy, the cowboy mascot. He basically said, I book my own appearances a lot of times. I can make up to six figures. After doing some research, Wilkins discovered that the man who plays Rowdy makes an annual salary of $65,000. I was definitely stunned and shocked, she said. So after suffering a neck and shoulder injury and her time with the Cowboys ended, uh, Ms. Wilkins decided she was going to try to change the game, try to change the game in favor of more decent wages. The NFL should pay these gals something decent, 35, dollars 40000 a year or per season for one simple reason, to, to make these headaches of these lawsuits go away, to circumvent the kind of shenanigans and the nonsense and the side grifting that goes on by keeping them literally at like $8 an hour, which I think is what it comes out to. It just, it and, and provide them, you know, a, a full-time stylist. Provide them makeup deals. Wash their damn uniforms for them. Or just send them to creeps like me. You know, game used. You weirdo. I'm kidding, man. Some people do that, though. Just saying. Take care of them better so that this doesn't become an issue. 35 grand per cheerleader, even for 36 cheerleaders. You can do the math on that. And it's not going to break the Dallas Cowboys. It's not. Okay. And this is an elite squad that really is the number one cheer squad in all the NFL. Iconic, legendary, you name it. So don't be so damn cheap and just pay them. Pay them something reasonable. And then put an end to this. Well, it's not going to be the end of it, because if they're only making 35, they're going to still look at the mascot, Rowdy, and say we want 65. And then it's we want 65 and we want vacation. We want to unionize, and it never ends. Okay. Maybe. I get, again, why they can do it. 500 tried out for 43 training camp spots for only 36 total team spots. And that 500 was a really strong 500, I bet. There was not girls that weighed two ninety in a tutu saying, I'm going to be a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader. No, I bet it was 500 smoke shows, and they picked the smokiest of those smoke shows. The numbers are in their favor for NFL teams, but it's to me, it's not worth the hassle. If that makes me a feminist, well, I'm proud to be a feminist today, at least in one regard. Stop chintzing on the cheerleaders, NFL. Barry Trotz is out with the Washington Capitals, it's about money, it's about principle, it's about a lot of different things. You would think that a coach that just wins the Stanley Cup would be able to write his own ticket, would be able to tell the owner, okay, you're going to pay me the most of any coach in the league, and I'm going to kick your ass on all fours as... I parade you down the office and Instagram the video of it going, ha-ha, I kicked your ass, Ted. You let me come to the last year of my contract, and ooh, I won the Stanley Cup. Pay me my money. Where's my money? Pay me my money. Where's my money? You'd think that that'd be the case, but that's not the case, and Barry Trotz will trot out the door. Ha-ha! <laughs> Barry Trotz is out because he was only making like 1.5, and the top coaches in the league were in the 6-7 to range. And he had a contract extension kick in, which was a weird, bad break, in that his deal called for an automatic two-year contract extension if he won the Stanley Cup. Great, right? Except the bump was only three hundred grand in pay. So there was a, a difference there, and Ted and the organization just didn't want to pay it. God, I hope this works out. I hope this guy Todd Reardon, who is the associate Head coach who was made the associate last year to keep him from interviewing with other teams. Hey, you're no longer the assistant head coach, you're the associate head coach. Just like Dwight Schrute, you're no longer the assistant to the regional manager, you are the assistant regional manager. Which, by the way, I don't think he ever was given that actual title. Uh, It might have been once in the series, I've got to go back and watch it again for the fourth or fifth time. I should know it being such a big fan of the office, but I forget. So, Godspeed, Barry Trotz, you're still a legend, will always be a legend of D.C. lore. You did a fantastic job, and it's just sad that this is the way big-time sports often works. All right, I want to talk instant replay in World Cup soccer, but why don't we do that with our next guest, you know him, you love him, as the big ginger, Timmy Murray! Timmy Murray! And I'm so glad, Murray, that instant replay has come to the World Cup. <laughs> yes. Have you been? Uh, have you read about how this shit works in the World Cup?
1: It is pretty crazy.
0: <laughs> yeah, you think? <laughs> it's going to lead to a riot. I'm pretty convinced. <laughs> w- w- wouldn't you agree that this is going to go south? This is going to get really, really bad at some point? Well, we've already had one...
1: Uh, earthquake from a reaction in Mexico. Did you see that story? Where... I did see
0: a small seismic reaction from the moment that that game went final. That's because pretty cool. Everybody in Mexico jumping oh, up and down.
1: 100 percent. There will be a riot of some sort uh,
0: due to this replay.
1: Hundred percent. Yeah. And
0: Probably how do you... deaths involved? And how do you feel about instant replay in the World Cup?
1: I don't know. I I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't have. <laughs> I don't have an opinion. I don't know enough about. El uh, football to give you a educated opinion. I like it in my American sports football, basketball, and baseball. Uh, I, I, I'm not I'm not going to be the guy who says, oh, why do you even watch the World Cup? I, I, I've watched it. I enjoy it. But the the World Cup the the replay is it? So you know
0: more about it because you're anti replay.
1: So give me the. It's give me called the cliff VA, notes.
0: It's called V A R. And by the way, I don't know why that just popped like that your microphone it just boom, boom, like that whatever you just did right there i have no idea why that happened. Does that happen on sb nation am by the way i hope
1: not you hope hopefully, not hopefully we have clean feeds on uh, sb nation am
0: okay uh, maybe back maybe back away from, I, I back away from the microphone just oh you don't have a windscreen i don't are you talking right into the mic or across it uh, did we not teach you anything young timmy about broadcasting rising up the ranks. You you you're shooting your mouth past the mic, right? Uh, <laughs> maybe. No. <laughs> so in other words, if a piece of cake were to fly out of your mouth, mm-hmm. it would hit the microphone directly and stick to it. It would. Ah, so, ah, so, that... ah, see, so have you figured it out. No, yet? you need to what you need to do is you need to get 90 degrees oh. and you need it so that if a piece of cake or beef jerky or uh, you know, uh, corn on the cob comes flying out of your mouth, that it goes right past the microphone and onto the floor.
1: Now, I've been taught, and I know some wouldn't agree with this method, I've been taught not to eat on air.
0: <laughs> well, no, yeah. Mm. that's definitely true. Uh,
1: mm.
0: Mm. Yeah, mm. eating on air, uh, exactly. Uh. All right, VAR. I, I, twist, I twisted the okay. microphone. Okay, VAR is what it's called. Uh, it stands for Video Assistant Referee. You could call it whatever the fuck you want. It's still it's Ooh, still a false god replay. Americans who are not familiar with it, writes Andrew Beaton in the Wall Street Journal, surely know its counterpart in MLB, the NBA, and the NFL. It's replay review. And anyone who has followed any of these sports knows that replay reviews have been as controversial as they have been confounding to fans. Soccer fans who around the world have excelled now that FIFA has implemented this after famous gaffes such as Maradona's hand to God uh, ball to Thierry Henry's handball as well. Plus countless Americans who have seen how aggravating replay can be. And that it just replaces old problems with new ones. First of all, here's the basics on what can be reviewed at the World Cup. Goals, potential penalties leading up to goals, penalty decisions and the preceding moments, direct red card incidents, and instances of mistaken identity. <laughs> What are do you do- Wait a minute. That's the inn owner. He was dressed up as a ghost. He was trying to scare away the customers so he'd inherit the building. He would have gotten away with it, Murray, if not for those meddling kids. As every episode of Scooby-Doo went. Identity, mistaken identity. Okay. What the fuck does that mean? I don't know. Uh, I think let's it's so go to I
1: replay, like See if that guy's wearing the wrong jersey. See this is where it goes wrong. All I want in this situation would be just to use it for goals. Is that that hard to ask? Yeah, well,
0: but you see, the problem is, it, once you're in there on goals, you're like, oh, but I really, we should use it for this. We should use it for that. I believe that the Sweden-South Korea game hinged on a VAR decision about a penalty kick. So, yeah, there you go. Uh, they say. Do
1: that- you subscribe to, you have Google Alerts just put in anti-replay articles
0: and it's like, here you go, Mr. Zabe, ding, ding, ding. Timmy, I don't need that. I have something called my loyal fans. <laughs> they are true. they are yeah. even better than Google alerts. They you will have snip these things the out. The
1: Dave Army has come after me on so many occasions. Oh, what do you think about this? Look at this play
0: i know I and know. it's
1: it's it's like politics it's like sports because eventually it, it's, you'll flip it's all things eventually you, no you'll, matter eventually no, no, no. you'll no become an what.
0: anti-replight and that will be a day of great celebration for us that's why you keep getting these notifications and people it's haranguing like
1: if you. i if i were a conservative and you were a liberal or vice versa and we would yell and yell and yell and yell and scream and then in the end what would happen i'd say well I'm still a conservative. Well that's you say, what well, you believe I'm and this is what I believe. Right. Yeah,
0: but <laughs> so. but but being conservative or liberal, <laughs> liberal encompasses a wide set of life beliefs and experiences. No, I know.
1: I'm I'm dumbing it down. It, just no,
0: a I know. Bit. Well you're right. Maybe 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 the divide between pro replay and anti replay is just as standoffish and unmovable as the left right debate in politics these days. Who knows? But we'll see how this uh, works out. Because when, when replay does get things right, like a big home run, you know,
1: you're always responses, well, it's uh, just one of 162. And I'm like, no, that's not the point. So we always have a quick rebuttal to replay either being correct and being point for a pro replay and then being wrong, like this soccer game, which I didn't even watch, and uh, go anti-replay. I, all, I am one who said, and I've said this many a times, I am, I, replay has many o flaws, and it is not a perfect system. The end of basketball games is miserable, the way that they stretch that shit out. there is There are many flaws, and they still need to figure it out. But I, I would rather have it than not have
0: yeah. it. There are also funny signs, says the story in the Wall Street Journal. The referee will point to his ear to delay a restart so the VAR can check a play although this does not launch a full-scale review. And when the referee makes a pointing gesture with his two index fingers in a rectangular motion, that indicates that play has been stopped to review the play. This type of element is new to soccer. It'll be the first World Cup with the VAR, but it's not wholly unprecedented. Italy's Serie A and Germany's Bundesliga have also introduced it. Major League Soccer has been on the vanguard as well. But its implementation has not been smooth. In some instances, fans of players have been galled at how long the reviews have taken. Welcome to the club. There have been communication breakdowns with the VAR. Welcome to the club. Sometimes, when replays have not been shown on stadium scoreboards, fans have been befuddled as to what's happening. Welcome to the club. Replay review also is, of course, not definitive, stoking endless debates even after plays have been reviewed for several minutes. A poll by the German magazine Kicker. Do you get the magazine Kicker I do. at home? Or? I haven't gotten
1: this week's at, okay. uh, edition yet.
0: so I Don't lie. It's people. monthly, okay? I wish you wouldn't <laughs> lie about this stuff. You know Kicker's <laughs> monthly. A poll in the German magazine Kicker found that 47% of Bundesliga players want VAR abolished. And nobody screams at referees to get calls right more than the players. The biggest thing is the stoppage of play. Football, or soccer, is supposed to be the beautiful, flowing game. The game that never stops, right? The game with the running clock that is not even kept on the scoreboard. It's kept on a referee's watch. So now replay jumps in and says, whoa, wait a minute. Of course, offsides is the most controversial and nuanced call there is. I understand what offsides is, and I see plays, and I go, I, I, how, is, how is that offsides? <laughs> Do you wouldn't ever that get be, that way and in then soccer? You go, where wouldn't like, it
1: be more fun if he was allowed to you know streak past a defender and then have a one-on-one situation? That'd be kind of cool.
0: Right, no offside soccer. I've always said I wanted to see world-class teams play a game with no offsides. And just see how bad or how good or how different it would be. Would there be cherry picking and 70-yard boots from one end of the field to the other? Yeah, sure there would be. But would it suck? What would the score be? Would the score be 6-5, to 12-10? to 10? You American monster. Right,
1: right. You want to change our game. We got a text. It's said, the
0: most popular game in the world. It doesn't need fixing. I get this every World Cup. I've been doing it, is, it for it twenty years. It is funny years.
1: though, because this is what this is what we do. We try to fix everything because that's just what we do. Well, and we try
0: to adjust to our taste. But soccer is not to our taste as the typical every... American sports fans. So we try to put some salt on it, some ketchup on it, throw away the onions, and we don't give a shit for four years, and then it shows
1: up and it's on our television. We're like, oh, we could change this. We can make this better. And soccer fans are like, just shut the fuck up and right. just let us. Let's you do your football american style we the rest of the world will watch it this way did you see the ratings in
0: iceland by the way of iceland's uh, 90 percent. i think was their, their rating six percent of iceland that, TVs. popped right there again Damn big it. time pop i want you to listen to this and see what that is figure that out i don't know it didn't sound quite like a, a, a pop pop it sounded like electronic pop we'll we'll figure it out we're we're uh, sticklers for quality here on the Zabe Cast, so we'll get it ironed out. Yes, they it was a ninety nine share, right or ninety eight share?
1: Ninety nine point six is what I
0: read. Ninety nine point six, pretty pretty good. Problem is, you got to live in Iceland, and what else is there to do in Iceland if you live in Iceland? Now I know a number of people I've who have gone Reykjavik to Iceland. Is, uh, is yes, phenomenal. it's a hot tourist destination. Everyone's like, I'm going to Iceland. Iceland's great. I'm going to stop at Iceland. And well, one of the guys. So- star-spangled fucking
1: fantastic here it's a gazillion degrees it's miserable right
0: oh now. yeah absolutely have you been to uh europe in the summer ever yes where have you been
1: uh rome all throughout italy
0: okay it it's kind of warm hot. in rome in the oh, summer
1: yeah. hot it was uh not chilly
0: yeah uh i would love to go to ireland or scotland every summer for july for july and august two months over there would be great or ireland did I say Maryland Ireland? Scotland go. or Ireland. I would love to go there every summer, July, August, and just leave leave America behind for two months. wonder how I can figure that out. Okay, so re- review, you're still on it, but you're going to keep a watchful eye as to how it works in the World Cup.
1: Why can't everything just be like tennis replay? Tennis replay takes 12 seconds. Because like they only the, do one thing.
0: In or out. And like every what, other sport, there's nuances. Like, and that, and did soccer, the runner cause the collision? just
1: be in or out. Just goal. Or out. Or no goal. I don't well, a shit about everything else. They, all that matters is goals.
0: They actually had chips, computer chips, in the soccer balls to help determine if balls went in or out. And you would think a big, fat ball, which is the only thing you watch in soccer for the most part, that with a big line on a big rectangle would be easy to see if it went in or not they miss that call more than you would think because it'll ricochet off a crossbar or off the post and then skitter along the line. It'll spin out sometimes. You ever seen that happen in soccer, but shot hits the uh, crossbar goes straight down inside the goal line, meaning goal. But because of the spin, it bounces wildly out. It happens in a split second. They don't see it.
1: So let me, let me ask you this anti-replay man in the World Cup final, Spain versus Germany. Uh, goal is scored, but the refs don't see it. Then they go to replay, and they see it did indeed go into the goal. You don't want replay in that instance? You want you want it to be negated because the, cause the, the one ref on the field couldn't see that the ball got into the net?
0: I don't want that, but I accept that as the price to pay for a sporting event that is officiated and played by human beings who make mistakes. So I don't want it, Murray. I accept it. That's the thing that I think you replay people don't get. There's but an what, acceptance what, 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 factor that you have to come to terms with.
1: But why? We have the technology. My thing is we the have answer the is, well, You ask
0: why. And, the the and, why and is because of all the, the other elements that replay brings in. All okay. the other insects and pests we and just negative spent an things. We entire
1: NBA Finals bitching about how poorly refereed these games were. And you want these guys to have no check system you well, want the referees and the umpires to have unlimited range and and nothing to uh, correct their mistakes because these dudes are human and as we bitched and complained all throughout the nba finals oh this is the worst refereed finals ever well if you have replay yeah. it helps
0: well it helps I, fix some of that well because you're only fixing some of it and we still had a replay argument that is still burning a lot of people's ass, including LeBron James.
1: And that was the referee's fault. Right. The referees should have never taken that to replay. The charge should have never been brought to replay. That was the referee's fault. Who cares whose fault it is? Replay. No, no, no. No. (laughs) He knew he fucked up. Yeah. He called it a charge. He should have never been allowed to bring that to replay. That is not on replay. Okay. And the anti-replayites want to bring that up. That's bullshit. That was a referee's decision to bring that to the replay table. He should have never been able to replay that. He wasn't even close to the charge it, circle.
0: It doesn't matter, though, whose bill it's on. The point is replay is supposed to minimize controversy. It is supposed to eliminate well egregious decisions, and yet— once again, when could they not, went to it replay, could not do that. It doesn't when matter. They went to replay, it doesn't matter, say, Murray, Who's fault They actually it got
1: the call right. I know. When they went to replay, right. they actually they got, got the call
0: right. I agree. It they was got, a block. They got the call right, but they did it the wrong way, and so therefore, it rubbed another set of people wrong. And I guess my point is, if, if replay is not players, delivered all the
1: players in the locker room in the Cavaliers locker room weren't saying fucking replay it was the referee well, that Smith. they were mumbling under their breath
0: well and they're also MFing JR Smith but, George JR okay. Smith yeah all right let's, <laughs> let's 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 move on shall we how okay. about your boy Juan Soto i know you love prospects who come up do. in the major leagues and just start tearing it up because you used to be the voice of
1: Frederick Keyes, and the Aberdeen Ironbirds.
0: That's right. So you've seen minor league baseball. You know how it is when these guys come up to the bigs. Juan Soto, who plays for the Nationals, for those that don't follow baseball real close, is absolutely tearing the shit out of the ball and hit a home run yesterday in a rain-resumed game that went farther into the right field upper deck than I think any ball that has ever been hit at Nats Park. Is that fair to say?
1: Uh, Bryce has hit some pretty far balls, but it was... Uh, Very close to uh, Bryce home run. And I – look, I – as much as I love Juan Soto, I never, ever in my wildest imagination thought he could do this at 19 years old. Yeah. No fucking way. And and something that people – and I tried to explain this on the morning show, just what he – how unprecedented the rise that he had is. You never, ever, 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 ever start a season – in low Class A, which is what he did in Hagerstown, go to Potomac, go to Harrisburg, and make it to the big leagues in a span of six weeks. Zabe, that does not happen, especially for a 19-year-old kid. Every once in a while, you used to see a college player like a Steven Strasburg, who didn't sign early enough when the signed date was August 15th, they would sit out that first year. Then they would quickly catapult through the minors and make it to the big leagues. And I think uh, his debut, Strasburg, was like June 6th. But he was a college player. You do not see this type of meteoric rise through the minors. It does not happen.
0: So how is and he doing this? And ha- I don't why know. Why he's was he not talked about like Victor Robles was talked about as this is the real deal, this is our stud prospect down on the farm. How they well, miss Victor on Ro- this guy?
1: No, no, <laughs> no one missed on this guy. He was the 42nd Soto. So Soto was already he, talked about. Oh yeah, okay, He was the forty-second right. you know, best prospect overall in baseball entering this year. Um, you know, top three in the organization last year at the trade deadline. He was thought of as untouchable, along with Victor Robles. So and this thank is the guy God he that, was
0: untouched. Yeah, I mean he in, was including in this latest year, trade the Nats made to get uh, Herrera from the Royals. Do you love that trade by the way? Absolutely. Yeah. Because you, all you the got... top guys were not touched, and Herrera adds critical bullpen depth. They don't really know where they're going to use him. He's not going to be the closer right now. Doolittle's going to be the guy. guy. But yeah, they, you know, basically, uh, uh, what's his name, uh, our GM.
1: Davey Martinez. Oh, Mike Rizzo.
0: Rizzo said, we'll, we'll have him doing some things around here. We've got some odd jobs for Herrera to do uh, in the meantime. He may end up being the closer, though, when it's all said and done. Right. Maybe.
1: I mean, Sean Sean Doolittle's an all-star right now. I mean he is. Sean Doolittle has been phenomenal. And it, i mean, you can it's like edge rushers in the NFL. You can never have too many good bullpen arms. Okay. And the Nationals didn't realize that until last year. So no, very good trade. Uh, they gave up number ten, eleven and an unranked prospect. The big reason they were able to acquire those, and you gotta give credit to the learners for allowing Mike Rizzo to do this, they took on herrera's remaining salary, so four point four million dollars that he was owed, will now be paid by the Nationals, and that made it a little hey, easier for that? the Royals to. Hey, how about money.
0: that? Okay, so they take on four million dollars. Wow. Hope it doesn't break the Lerner family. I, I understand, Richie. but I know.
1: they used, but that the reason they gave up a good prospect for Jonathan Papelbon, Nick Pavetta, who's actually pretty
0: good, oh, God. is because
1: they were unwilling to pay yeah. the entire salary for
0: Papelbon. What a bag of shit he was. He I don't was even terrible. want to talk about him ever again okay summer of lebron where do you think he's going there big ginger
1: uh i'll say he stays in cleveland really i i have no feel why i, I don't think i don't think he goes to houston um why I, not s- s- well there has been I, I think a he doesn't like houston there have been people who have flat out said he does not like houston the city he, yeah, he said to a beat reporter in Cleveland, he doesn't like Houston. Uh, Chris Paul on Stephen A. Smith's podcast, I think, said he doesn't like Houston. Um, Does so, he like the, the
0: people in Houston? Does he like Harden? Does he like Chris Paul, I, he assuming he they'll be able to resign, any, Chris Paul? He,
1: he didn't say anything. He loves Chris Paul. Him okay. and Chris Paul are, are, are very type. close. Okay. Um, but he's said that, and Brian Windhorst has said it too, that family's going to weigh in heavily in this decision. I... The reason I'm skeptical skeptical about Los Angeles, everyone is so fucking convinced he's going to the Lakers. Oh, he's going to the Lakers. It's a deal. You know, Gary Payton saying that his son is already con, you know, committed to this
0: yeah. prep school. Do you whatever. like how you like how people are watching prep school enrollments yeah. in the summer? That's classic. <laughs> um why are you skeptical of the Lakers?
1: Let's just look at the other two decisions LeBron has made Miami and Cleveland. They both came out of nowhere. Right. It were talked about, but they kind of came out of nowhere. Miami right. last minute was like, Oh shit, Miami's the real deal. This could happen. And then Cleveland, he you know, gave Lee Jenkins that article. So I think he's been so calculated and close to the vest that I don't think his I, I really don't think his mind is made up yet.
0: Okay, that's a firm that's a firm waffle by you.
1: I, I said Cleveland. I, I really there is no definitive answer. If if you find someone out there who has a fucking definitive answer, they're a liar because nobody knows where he's going to well,
0: go. It's not an answer, Murray. It's an opinion. A I said opinion. Cleveland, you, I but said it's not my... a strong. It's not strong. I'm sorry. You I'm know. sorry. I'm not a better get strong. You better get up. strong on your opinion.
1: He's well, going. Where is he going, Zay? Going
0: to the Lakers. Wake up. He's going to, to the Lakers to deal with
1: the fucking circus clown that is LeVar Ball. Oh no, no,
0: what? no. They're gone. That's part of the deal. Him. Oh, they're gone. Oh, yeah, he' gone. Get rid if of that. If Lonzo's
1: guy. go, all right. Here's the
0: thing. That that is that is I can see that from a million miles away because there's nowhere else for LeBron to go. He cannot go back to Cleveland. There is a smoldering, burning hole of a roster, a garbage fire of a roster that's left for him in Cleveland. He's not going back. Boston's out of the picture. I don't think he likes the the makeup of Philly. Plus, they need shooters in Philly because did I read this right that Uh, Ben Simmons did not hit a single three all year long. Is that possible? Could be the stat of the day. I'll look it up. But I don't think Philly works for him. So there's not a lot of other places he can go in which he is like turnkey. Okay, we're going to now contend for a title. Lakers have all the money. They've been clearing out cap space. He can bring a plus one with him like a Paul George. It is L.A. Yes, he's going to the Lakers. There's my hot take. It's I not have, even a hot take. It's just a firm stance. My money is on the Lakers. The Vegas odds makers say it's on un, the I, Lakers. I
1: understand. And and all the odds makers were on him not going back to Cleveland in twenty fourteen and were not going to Miami okay. in twenty ten. So, so if he goes back where, to
0: Cleveland, who is with him? I what's think the they, team? Same team, re racket? No, no, no,
1: no. They're gonna do some serious changing. All right, and make some moves then. They're gonna trade for they're gonna try to trade for Kawhi. Okay. Um, Boston certainly could get him, uh, you know, they, they're going to, I don't know what the moves are. They're going to have to be creative. They, okay. Nobody saw all this, you know, jockeying for position to get all these random, you know, scrap pieces. How do you, know, you feel Rodney about Kawhi? World.
0: Oh, I love him. You do. Yeah. You, you, so you don't He's think fucking he, awesome. you don't think that he, uh, in a bullshit way maneuvered his way out of, uh, San Antonio. Yeah. Well, Cause some people are now a. ripping a. him. Some people are now ripping Kawhi going, this was a weak ass way to get out of san antonio you don't buy that
1: um i think there's something to that Uh, i think his uncle has taken way too much power on this whole situation i don't think it was dealt with correctly i will say that prior to this season Kawhi felt like he was done wrong with his injuries in the medical team and i don't think he liked being called a pussy by the spurs organization which is what they basically did all throughout the season which i understand is, I think he's a, he's a top six player.
0: All right. Is Paul George a difference maker?
1: LeBron and Paul George don't win a championship. They're good, very good, but okay. they're not, you need someone else.
0: Is LeBron or, – or, sorry, is Paul George a better throw-in than, say, Chris Bosh was back yes. in the year? Oh, yeah. For sure. For so sure. he's a better addition. Like, he, he makes more of a difference than Bosh, but he's not a true difference maker of the top line level, like yeah, Kawhi think- or like LeBron.
1: I think Paul Paul George is, I mean, Chris Bosh is an all-star, but I think Paul George is a very solid player. 40% three-point shooter, um, you know, decent defender. No, he's very good. Um, I know Dan Dockage doesn't like him, but yeah. <laughs> he doesn't like a lot of people. Um, no, he's very good. I think he, he would be better with LeBron than Chris
0: Bosh was. Okay. And uh, finally, 30 seconds or less before we get to fuck that guy, Barry Trotz, out as our head coach of our beloved hockey team. Difference over money, respect, prestige, you name it, whatever. He's gone. Where do you stand?
1: Brian McClellan better be fucking right.
0: Yeah. You that, think? That's, is mean, this on this McClellan is, or is this on yeah. Ted not opening the wallet? Shouldn't Ted None, have just said, you know what? Easy call. Here. This, How much money do you want? Take it.
1: This, I think this is Ted having too much trust in his general manager's. Scotty Brooks is tied for the fourth highest-paid coach in the NBA. He makes $7 million per season. Yep. Barry Trotz wanted a 5-for-25, which would have made him top four in the league, not even the highest-paid. Reasonable. And, and what uh, McClellan said was coaches have short lifespans in the NHL, even though Barry Trotz was in Nashville for, forever. Right. Um, but there's this weird love affair between McClellan and Reardon and they wanted this to happen all along. They're Bowling Green Trotz, guys, apparently. Trotz made this magical run, and he would have, look, with this extension, he was set to make $1.8 million per year. That's that's bullshit. For a guy who just won you your first franchise Stanley Cup, he had the best record in the, in the hockey the past four years.
0: So basically they, they were ready McClellan, to move on from Trotz Ma- anyway, and Trotz ruined everything by winning yes. the Stanley
1: Cup. If you listen to the press conference, he basically said as much. He said... Changes would have been made if we didn't get out of the second round again, and you know I wasn't willing to give him the term. They would have paid him the money if it had been like a two-year extension worth four or five million dollars. About then two. But, for,
0: how about two for twenty? You can get out of me two, in two. To
1: Ten million bucks. Yeah, a you year? can get
0: out of me for in two years, but you're gonna pay me the money. Pay me my money. I just yeah, nook nook. I just won the cup. Where's my damn money? That's a damn shame. I'm gonna miss trots and I hope I like this him. new guy. Hope Reardon is as good as Brian McClellan thinks he is. You better
1: be fucking right. That's all I have to say. All
0: right, here we go. I'm not a good guy. I'm the guy. (laughs) Ha ha! Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. All right, here we go. Who is your FTG of the week, Murray?
1: Zabe, you know what's coming up this week? Your favorite event, the NBA draft. The oh, choose-em-up of the yes. NBA. And my oh, fuck that guy is a little off the radar. And maybe I shouldn't dive this deep, but it's just poor reporting. And I feel like it was just a lazy throw-in that you got called for. Iran Smith of HoopsHype.com. You know, when you come after a ginger, oh, I'm going to come after you. He said of my boy, Kevin Herter, he wasn't the most popular teammate at Maryland, so the hope will be that he matures being around pros that take him under his wing. Kevin Herter was like, uh, what the fuck are you talking about? I sniffed around Maryland, reached out to a couple people I know, and they said, this is complete and utter bullshit. This guy just threw that line in there. He doesn't say sources say it. He just threw the line in there, Zabe, to say, yeah, he probably wasn't liked. I don't fucking know. He seemed like he was an unlikable. He's a white guy with red hair. Who likes the gingers? Fuck you, Aaron Smith.
0: All right, good. You actually named a specific guy. Uh, Chris Broussard, who helps me with uh, this podcast and the website, said he's tired of my guests listing prototype people as fuck that guys. He (laughs) wants actual people to get the FTGs every week or whenever we do it, which is not every week. It depends on the guest. Uh, So I'm going to pass on. I was going to give it a fuck that guy to every New York golf fan who thinks that whatever he was yelling was the funniest thing in the world. Mashed potatoes, beans, and rice. So I won't name that as my FTG of the week. I'll just leave it for one Philip Mickelson, that's right. This guy knows no end of being supposedly the smartest guy in the room with all the answers and never having to say he's sorry. If you like Phil Mickelson even after this incident, then go ahead. He's all yours. You can have him. All I know is when I see that big flop-haired, dumb-smiling, dopey-walking, phony Phil Mickelson, all I think of is Fuck that guy. All right, Mr. Murray, go ahead and promote, my friend. Your Twitter feed is? At one, Tim Murray. And you can be heard on SB Nation AM with Scott Indeed. Lynn and Mr. Steve Solomon Monday and through another Friday. Show. Uh, on SB Nation Radio, wherever that is distributed, as well as what other show? Uh, WBAL, 7 to 8 p.m. This Wednesday, Thursday, and
1: Friday. And it will be more regular. So just just check the Twitter feed if you want some Murray in the Balmer area. WBAL.
0: Very good, Timmy. We'll talk next week. All right, sir. All right, we'll end with this today. We are hurtling towards a dystopian future of robots that steal our jobs and big data or big brother knowing everything about us. Drones and virtual reality that is indistinguishable from real reality. Cloning and on and on and on. And it's coming at us faster than we can possibly realize. The singularity. Oh, it's coming. And you can't stop it. I can't stop it. But I just hope to slow it down because stories like this actually kind of make my blood run a little bit cold when I read them. Google can tell when you're going to die better than humans can in a hospital. The firm has created an artificial intelligence that will predict if a hospital patient will pass away 24 hours after admission with 95% accuracy. Now granted, this is a very limited test run of very ill patients that arrive at a hospital near death, and the Google artificial intelligence can say with 95% accuracy, oh yeah, that person's dead within a day. It's around 10% better than traditional models used by humans. So while the humans guessing, oh this guy looks bad, he's going to die in 24 hours, that's an 85% play. Google's AI is now 95%. Now before you, you know, you you say well, what are you so worried about? Like this is a very limited thing. Yeah, it's limited now. It's limited now to people that show up at hospitals on death's doorstep. And it's only a 10% improvement from what humans guess, like, "Eh, I don't know, his liver's failing, and uh, he's got a history of this, and uh, he's this age. I bet he doesn't make make it through the night. That's where we're at now, that the Google AI is 10% better than that. Do you think this is as good as it's ever going to get? Do you think they're not going to improve upon it? Do you think they're not going to expand the scope of this? Of course they are. To make its predictions, the software uses data such as patients' ethnicity, age, gender, previous diagnoses, lab results, and vital signs. But what makes it so powerful is that it includes data previously thought out of reach of machines, such as doctor notes, buried in PDFs, or even scribbled on old charts. As well as death, AI can also predict unplanned readmissions within 30 days and probable length of stay at hospitals. The system is still in its infancy, but Google believes it could someday be used to predict death far longer in advance. Well, of course it will someday be able to do that, and of course it'll get better and better. At some point, not only will you be able to Google search your estimated year that you die, but you will not even be able to avoid knowing it because somebody's going to Google it for you and they're going to tell you, ha 79, Zabe, live it up because that's your number, 79. Now, the one thing that Google AI cannot predict, though, is advances in life-saving technology and advances in medicine that come up that help to alleviate whatever potential cancer, disease, et cetera, that you might have. So in that regard, maybe it won't be that accurate. But this is where we're headed. Already, Google's artificial intelligence can claim 10% better than humans. Anyone who shows up on the doorstep of death at a hospital, you're not going to make it through the night. Versus, you know what? I think you might make it better than human beings. Wow. And it marches on. We will wrap it there today on a nice note, an uplifting note, right? You know the drill. Tell two friends about this podcast. Hit up whatever message boards you frequent and say, oh, my God, you got to listen to this thing. Leave a positive review and rating. Download, subscribe to all the major podcast outlets like iTunes, Google Play, and more. And always remember, thank God for modern air conditioning in this, the sweltering summer. It is the last thread of civilization that's keeping us from murdering each other in a hot rage during these summer months. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time.